Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your Healthcast. I am Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz here with Lauren Johnson, APRN. And we have a cool topic today. We are going to be talking about hormones. And I know a lot of our listeners can really relate to this topic. And so I think we should clear up some stuff and things that we've seen clinically uh, that can really go a long way. So what are hormones? What affects them? What kind of symptoms would you get? Let's start off by just saying what a hormone is. And by definition, a hormone is just a chemical messenger that's secreted from our endocrine system. Our endocrine system is our adrenals, our thyroid, our ovaries, our testes, our prostate, our uterus, our pituitary, our hypothalamus. You've heard all of these things, especially thyroid, because there's a lot of medications pushed for that gland. So you all have heard of that. And so what these hormones do is they go through the blood and they will change uh, or really control a lot of different body processes. And when this doesn't work properly, you will get all types of symptoms, whether it's hot flashes, whether it's depression and anxiety, whether it's fatigue, whether it is hair loss, it could be uh, loss of bone mass. I mean, they control so much, it can really be so many different symptoms. So Lauren, let, let's talk a little bit about hormones and what are your first thoughts when, if you want people to know about hormones, what, what is like one of the biggest things you want people to know? Well, I think, you know, there's a few factors that I think that conventional medicine just doesn't even consider the, the fact that stress plays a big role in hormone balance. The fact that fats and having enough cholesterol plays mm. a big role in hormone balance and how we, we demonize cholesterol. We say, Oh, don't eat more than one egg or, you know, like it, it's, or put everybody on statins and it's, it's absolutely horrible for our hormones and you need cholesterol for hormone production. Um, I think that we have to consider all of the endocrine disruptors that we are exposed to, um, in our world. It is massive and, mm. uh, it's impossible to avoid them. Even the most, um, diligent person will be exposed to these chemicals. And so what can we do to help our body to function better? Um, how does that typically affect a woman's hormones? So for a woman, we see a lot of this uh, with estrogen dominance. Um, and it's not like that there is this sky high estrogen content. It's more that there is a, a, it's out of balance. Um, we want this, we want progesterone and estrogen and testosterone to be balanced. It's a, it's a mm. symphony. It, it should, it should be, um, it should be, they should play off of each other and it should be a good thing for men. We do see too high of estrogen too. And we see too low of testosterone. Um, and that's where we're seeing that play this day, um, everywhere, um, for with younger men, but also with older men, I've had 20 year olds have testosterone levels at, at 200. Um, and it's, that's nowhere near it should be. It should be, you know, typically I would say around six or 700 at least. Um, and so that is something that, you know, I think is, is it's going to get worse and it's going to become more and more prevalent. Um, as we are exposed to more and more chemicals with the, and then as well as with the artificial light, with the constant stress, all the things. And so this is an all encompassing issue that if we can start laying the foundation, um, for really, this is how you start to repair your hormones, then it can make a huge difference. Totally. And you touched on so many important topics right there. Uh, and one of the biggest ones that I heard was that it's a symphony. It needs to be in harmony and nothing, uh, is more true than that. It really has to be all about a balance. And the first thing you said, which I think is crucial for everyone to hear on repeat, is that hormones are made from cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And we have been taught to demonize cholesterol because they say that it would cause heart disease and all this types of stuff. But let's think about if we don't have enough cholesterol. Well, 
low cholesterol is associated with cancer. Mm-hmm. I think we all know people with cancer. Cancer is pretty prevalent. Um, and so it's not a good idea to lower your cholesterol. Also, cholesterol is used to make every single cell in your body. Exactly. So if, if you don't have enough cholesterol, you do not repair and you will age rapidly. And this is why this is one of the things why you see satin use associated with dementia or brain issues. Um, because mm-hmm. it, that fat, you need that fat for your brain. Yeah. It, it, yep. it, it, it affects so many things. And, and this is another reason why I'm a big fan of eating animal protein. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's maybe some people who are listening to this who don't eat it. I'm not making you try to feel guilty. I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah. And the truth is that genetically, if you even look at our teeth, we are made to consume animal protein. And there is a lot of good cholesterol in animal protein. And that is the building blocks for our hormones. It doesn't matter how many supplements you take. If you do not have the building blocks for your hormones, then you are just a hamster on a wheel going nowhere. Yeah. That's one thing that I think people think it's, it's backwards in the media is that you need to eat no meat for better hormone balance because all of the meat has hormones in it. And we're not talking I do still think, I personally do think if you go grab a, a pound of, of, of ground beef that's conventional, it's still better for you mm-hmm. than half the stuff, more than half the stuff in the supermarket or in the grocery totally. store. But I, but I do know that, yes, grass-fed meat, uh, organically grown, pasture-raised, animals that are treated well, that is going to make a big difference as, like, as far as nutrient content. Um, and there are just so many things that are in meat that are not in plant foods. You cannot get enough protein, um, Mm. with just plant foods. And you think you can, I know it says you can technically you can, but it's not, it's not the same, right? It's not absorbed properly. It's not as bioavailable as it is from animal protein. Yeah. And so other hormones, so from cholesterol, uh, I'm going to talk about the most common hormones that we will hear about estrogen, testosterone progesterone, insulin, cortisol. And I threw in their TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone because everyone gets their thyroid check because it's a great moneymaker. Um, and so the second thing you stressed was about stress, no pun intended. And stress is when you are hating your job, you have stressful lifestyle, whatever causes stress for you, whether it's traffic jams in LA when I was in California, whether down here, if it's, uh, I don't know, people moving from out of state to Tennessee, people get stressed out about that. <laughs> it, it really just depends on, on how you react to your reality, but yeah. stress is stress for everybody. And when stress, um, is happening, you will create more cortisol, which is stress hormone. The thing about that is when you create more stress hormone, you are depleting the building blocks for every other hormone. Yeah. And you will see that you will become low in progesterone and high in estrogen. We call it estrogen dominance. Yeah. And you can see this. If you look up the progesterone steel, um, you will, you will see that, um, in the, on the internet and different information about that. It's very helpful for you to understand that that is a big part of why women cannot get their progesterone up is that they, they're just too stressed. And I'm not talking about like totally avoiding stress. Like we are just going to go live in our own little world and zone out. And that's not possible. We're all going to have stress for me, honestly, like as a young mom of two, like it was day-to-day stuff. And it was like, I was, and my hormones, my minerals, I was super deficient. My hormones were a wreck and I was responding very poorly um, to my children. And there is a, there is a, it was all this big 
And before that, it was my gut was messed up and I wasn't absorbing the nutrients that I would need to for the building, you know, and so it all plays a role together. But it's not taking myself out of that situation. That's not going to change it. It's it's managing how we respond to it. So it's, mm-hmm. it was me learning, okay, take 10, step, 10 seconds to take a deep breath before I respond. Go outside. Just take the kids outside. Just take them outside. They do better outside. Everyone does better outside. You know, and, and you will do better off that because that sunshine is, is so crucial for you. Um, yep. And so it's not about totally like mid, like getting rid of all stress. It's more about how you're managing it and helping your body to manage it better. Yeah, it's, it's all about ease in the midst of chaos. Everyone has different stress loads and everyone responds differently. So if you can become more adaptable, that's the name of the game. You want to take away, uh, you don't want to give your power away. You, you want to stop giving your power to things that don't deserve your power. And that's why, you know, Lauren and I have talked about that um, on Instagram Uh, in my membership. My first week will be on stress because it is really that big of a deal. It is uh, the greatest silent killer. And so, um, so stress, we just talked about a bunch. Let's talk about um, estrogen dominance that comes with stress, because as you, uh, as you create more cortisol, your pregnenolone will go towards the cortisol pathway, which robs your progesterone. And that's what Lauren was talking about. Sometimes you hear it's phrased as uh, progesterone steel. Sometimes you'll hear it phrased as pregnenolone steel. Sometimes you'll hear functional med people say that that is all um, false, but I can tell you clinically, I see it time and time again. And so no matter what research study says what or, or whatnot, if I see it clinically in front of my eyes and I see people get well when we treat the mechanisms of it, that's all the proof that I need. I don't need to wait exactly. for 20 years down the road when they say, oh, 20 years ago, we should have been doing this. Yeah. I don't wait for that. I want to see what's working right here, right now on people. And so the the next one is estrogen dominance. And Lauren, let's talk a little bit about estrogen dominance. What uh, what would you like the people to know on this topic? So and it can, it can vary. So some women, you might see ovarian cysts, some women, you might see endometriosis, some women, you might see painful breasts or fibrocystic breasts, and you might, or you might just see heavy period, painful periods, a lot of clots, um, with your period, um, more aggression. Um, I would say that you would see, um, and more irritability. It, It is definitely something that is is the most common hormone we need estrogen though so like i don't want to demonize mm-hmm. it completely um because you if you don't have enough of it you're gonna have more depression you're gonna have more night sweats insomnia um but you also do want to make sure that you have like i said earlier a balance um and so when you see this estrogen being high you have these painful periods and mixed with this progesterone being low you will see irritability and PMS with progesterone being low. And so that just compounds the problem. And then as well, you are going to have the cramping and anxiety as well. And so it's just this, like I said, this balance. And this Mm. is typically where you hear about with women just saying, I, I, my period, or especially this happens in teenagers and in like the forties ish, um, where you start seeing premenopausal. Um, and then in the, in the teenagers, when they're getting their period, um, that is when estrogen is highest. Um, yep. And so that's when you are going to see more of those things is a woman going to menopause and she's like, all of a sudden my period's just crazy. And I'm, I'm, I have heavy bleeding and I'm, I'm miserable. I'm, I'm cranky. And it's a lot has to do with a, well, a being mineral deficient a lot of times and not having those nutrients. Um, but having this estrogen dominance picture. Yeah. And you pretty much hit the nail on the head with all those symptoms um, you know, the, the weight gain around the belly, yeah. the triceps, the hips, 
um, people who are pear shaped, like the fruit, the pear, that is very estrogen patterns. Um, and one thing that I, I want to talk about with estrogen dominance is it's all about the form of estrogen. That's why Lauren says that it's about a balance. If there's too much toxic estrogen in your system from all the xenoestrogens in our environment, things like that, then it will clog the receptors and hormones need receptors. If the receptor site is not available, then the hormone just won't work. And so that's what we're seeing is we have this, these toxic estrogens clogging our own receptor sites. And let's talk a little bit about how we get that estrogen out. Now in Chinese medicine, hormones and your cycle are regulated by the liver. The liver meridian runs from the liver all the way down to the feet. And a meridian is just an energy channel. That's what Chinese medicine talks about in acupuncture. And it runs right through the ovaries. And so anytime that a meridian runs through a part of your body, it will affect that part of your body. So, so the liver runs right through your reproductive organs. Now, the liver has so many functions. The main function is to detoxify the digestive tract. And so it's, it's pretty busy. It's busy all day long. Now, the rate limiting step of the liver, which means that if this step doesn't work, nothing else prior to it will work, is dumping all those toxins like toxic estrogen into the gallbladder, into the bile. And you and I are going to talk about the gallbladder very soon. It is such a crucial organ. The bile is how we basically get the estrogen into the colon, into the gut, so that we can poop it out essentially. And when that doesn't happen, everything will back up. So bioflow is crucial. And a lot of us don't have great digestive tracts. And so that will also um, disrupt the bioflow. Now let's talk a little bit about digestive tract. What, what type of toxins are we seeing that could stop the bile from flowing efficiently and causing, again, this backup of estrogen? Well, I mean, so we think of chemicals um, and that, and you think of definitely the toxic chemicals we're exposed to like BPA and phthalates and all the chemicals that we're exposed to, but we also have to look at chronic infections that can really clog yeah. bile flow um, and really kind of gum up the liver and the gallbladder. Um, you think about liver flukes and parasites and things like that, that can really affect the, its ability to function and it can cause stagnation in the body. Yep. And, and so parasites, as you've heard us say a bunch, is where we always want to start because they can harbor other toxins and they're just so powerful that they can make the biggest change in your health. One thing about estrogen is there's an affinity for yeast and candida and fungus and molds too. And so the way that we get fungus and molds and yeast out of the system is the same way that we get estrogen out of the system, which is bile flow. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I'll have to actually go with patients and do some, um, some yeast candida detoxes essentially, uh, because if you just go after the estrogen, the yeast might play a tug of war with you and pull it back into the system. So, so I like to actually go after the yeast and parasites first. Um, but you can also simultaneously do it, uh, yeah. with, you know, getting the bioflow drainage is obviously a crucial thing. So how do you go after yeast and parasites first? I will say that after birth control, which a lot mm. of women are on, um, or have been on in the past, um, yeast is a big problem, right? Huge, huge. Yeah. And birth control steals a bunch of your critical B vitamins. It yep. destroys your gut lining. Um, it pumps your body full of estrogen. So you get massive candida yeast issues. And with that comes brain fog, all different emotional stuff, digestive disturbances and gas and bloating and sleep disturbances. And 
Um, so and allergies, chronic allergies, because it all puts us into that TH2 dominance that you and I talked about last week on allergies. Yeah. So um, my favorite um, herbs in general for yeast is uh, berberine, which is golden thread yeah. supreme and scutellaria supreme, which is Chinese skullcap. Yep. Those two are my go-to for any yeast um, infections. And the one thing I like about skullcap, the scutellaria, is it is breastfeeding safe and it is pregnancy safe. So it's yeah. always nice to have something like that in the medicine cabinet. Yeah, um, I think berberine is something that it, it, it shocks me that conventional medicine doesn't know this. Mm. Like even for somebody who's like a woman or a man who's pre-diabetic, why are we not putting them on berberine instead yep. of metformin, which has horrible uh, toxic side effects? Yep. Um, and so I think berberine is a very, very helpful thing. It's been shown to be helpful for blood sugar reduction, um, which we both know is a big factor in hormones too, right? Yep. And and the the pattern that you'll see on your blood work and more more accurately, I'd say is saliva testing, like a Dutch test, yeah. um, is your testosterone will be high. If your testosterone is high, that is a hyperglycemia or dysglycemia, which is blood sugar imbalance. That's a blood sugar imbalance pattern. And so anytime your testosterone is high, think blood sugar, yeah. but blood sugar and insulin is on a teeter totter with cortisol. So it goes back to your stress as well, whether that's food yeah. stress that you're eating food sensitivities, whether that's emotional stress, whether that's infections in the gut causing stress to the system, yeah. like we need a little bit of cortisol. It's just too much cortisol is when our system starts to marinate in it and it breaks us down over time. Right, right. And that pattern that we're just talking about right there where you have um, that testosterone being high, that's the biggest thing with PCOS. Yep. And so that's just something I wanted to mention is that if you might see that, that blood sugar imbalances, that testosterone being high, that's a pattern you're gonna see with PCOS ultrasound is not a really great way to diagnose that. Um, and so, you know, you really need to go clinically and off of, and off of blood work and what your labs are showing. Um, and so, or off of mini muscle testing or bio residents. And so the, yep. that is a very common issue, especially post pill. Um, but also just in general, without any pill being introduced, it can happen a lot with women. Yeah. And, and one story that I always tell patients whenever they test for berberine and golden thread, things like that was I had a patient in California and she came in for allergies and gut stuff. And what I found on her was that she had uh, parasites affecting her pancreas. And so I put her on berberine and I didn't see her for like two years. She comes back and, and uh, for whatever reason, and she goes, did I tell you about what my cardiologist said to me after I saw you last? I'm like, no, but it's been two years. So if you did tell me, I might not remember. Um, and she goes, well, he said, whoever put me on berberine save my life because it stopped the calcification in one of my arteries. Mm. And, and I, I wasn't working on that for her. I was just asking her body with bioresonance testing and muscle testing, what roadblocks are going on and what remedy is going to help her in that roadblock. And that roadblock was leading to calcification of her arteries without me even knowing that's what we were working on. So really fascinating story about berberine. And that uh, speaks yeah. to the natural, like the herbs and things naturally in, in the world, they are more balancing for the body and they have multiple effects. Um, and so you're not, you're going to see more of that balancing where you're with pharmaceuticals like metformin, you're going to have one, one chemical that is targeting one action in the body. And that's where you have ripple effects. And so there is a big difference when you see berberine being helpful for this and that, or you see a, a Chinese skull cat being helpful for this or that it's because there's multiple uses because these things are balancing and that's how they were created. There is, there's so much balance there. Absolutely. It's all synergistic effect. And, yeah. and the thing about the body is that anything can cause anything. 
And we work as a whole, which is really as Western medicine uh, progresses, it goes more towards specialists and a specialist definition is someone who knows a whole lot about a whole little. And if you affect one part of the body downstream, you're going to affect everything else. But when you start getting people who are not communicating about that, it's really just a recipe for disaster over time. Yeah. I mean, like you have a woman who has headaches and low thyroid and she's seeing an endocrinologist and she's seeing a neurologist, and, but her OBGYN says everything's fine because hormones fluctuate and they can't really check blood work. It, it is in like, an, it is a mess um, to mm. be a, well, to anybody in healthcare, I think generally um, any patient trying to figure out all of their issues, but it is going to, it's a mess. It's a really big mess when you have a woman really trying to figure out hormone issues and being shut down in multiple areas. And just told that they're not connected, but it's all connected. Absolutely. And so um, to finish off bioflow, uh, we talked about berberine because berberine is a bitter and anything mm -hmm. that's bitter helps the bioflow. I love artichoke extract. That is my absolute favorite. Um, you do, in my experience, you have to test one or take one that's 2.5% extract. There's a lot of them on the market that are 5% and 7%. And I do not see the same results. I am not sure the mechanism behind that. I'm just telling you my clinical experience with it. Yeah. And I will say, um, I have been, I have actually been taking X Archive extract myself for the past few months. And I am, I'm really kind of impressed. I am pretty sure I passed the gallstone. Um, <laughs> like it is, it, it is shocking. Like what is sludge could happen? Mm. Um, I'm one of those that I like to experiment on myself. And so that's what I do. Um, and I think that it's, it's helpful for me to know and understand these things as a, you know, as a provider and as a person just to be able to explain it. And I think that there's, it's amazing how artichoke extract, a food, like an artichoke extract um, could be so helpful for that, but it really is. Yep. And so artichokes might go to um, something a little gentler for estrogen dominance is rosemary. I'll use yeah. rosemary supreme. Um, and I threw a third one in there just for liver. My favorite liver herb is Shisandra. It helps the body produce glutathione, phase one, phase two detox, and also balances your stress hormones. So it is such an awesome herb. Uh, if someone's trying to get their progesterone up, my go-to is chase tree. Most people have yeah. heard of that. Yeah. Um, but I also like that oil that uh, my wife has used in both uh, her first pregnancy and now this pregnancy, which is yeah. progestions plus. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that I, so with my health picture, that was, I got it with when I started using oils because my hormones were a wreck and this happened mm -hmm. after I weaned my youngest from nursing. So some women really notice a difference after they are postpartum, um, you know, immediately postpartum, that's when they notice a big hormonal shift. And then other women it's after they wean from nursing. And I will say that was when it was for me. And I was experiencing all these hormonal symptoms of PMS, um, irritability, all the things. And, um, and, and it, and it wasn't actually, that's funny. It wasn't even with a, with a period yet, because I didn't even have my period back yet because I, mm. I believe that it's because I wasn't absorbing nutrients from my gut. So my body wasn't nourished and didn't feel safe enough to have a period. And so it's something to, to think about, um, is that it can happen at different times in your life. Um, and, but progestins plus was really a game changer for, for me. There are other bioidentical progesterone creams and there are different strengths. And so that's something that, um, you kind of want to consider. You don't want to go too crazy with progesterone, but having enough is super important. Yeah. Extremely important. And one thing that you said was that you felt like you were just nutrient depleted. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the biggest things that I'll do with patients as well is in Chinese medicine, 
going along the lines of liver issues, which regulate your hormones is blood deficiency and you need healthy blood to carry healthy hormones. So you and I have talked about uh, anemia being caused by mostly parasites. But one of the things that, uh, that I will give a lot of patients is the number one oil that I go through is black cumin oil because it, it also is, uh, helps balance your estrogen progesterone, but it builds healthy blood cells. And so that's a really good one. That's that one's also helps with insulin resistance. Okay. Now, how do you tell people to use that? Cause I mean, isn't black cumin something that, uh, that got popular over the past couple of years? I go orally. I go straight orally. Um, sometimes I will have patients do baths in it around their cycle just to get it through the skin. Um, but I will go anywhere between one and 20 drops a day orally from, I use Vervita oils. Um, there's, you know, other black cumin oils. I know that young living has a black cumin oil. There's a lot of other, um, companies that have them in like gel caps and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a pretty strong oil. So sometimes people will overdo it. So start slow, try the young living one, try the Vervita one, try ones that you can, you can actually um, control how many drops you're getting in, not just like a a store-bought capsule. Mm -hmm. Um, And so black cumin oil was my mentor, Dr. Dick Versendahl. That was like his favorite thing for hormones. And he would always say, uh, this is a, a clinical pearl, um, that if the body's spleen is not working properly, the hormones will never stabilize and the spleen and liver have to be communicating. And black yeah. cumin oil is one that will do that. Um, and so I, I recommend that all uh, all the time. Now, how did that work for COVID? Oh, we're great, of course. Well, how, but, what, but what was the mechanism for, there, for that? Uh, there's many mechanisms. I'm, I'm not sure which one you're referring to. Are you referring to one that mimics something that people were having success with? Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe that is one. Um, but again, remember what I always say about, uh, COVID was that the virus hides in parasites and black cumin oil is anti-parasitic. Which is the big I word that people are having success with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So we have been talking about liver and bowel flow and how important that is. One of my favorite liver supports that I will go back to time and time again is castle oil packs. Mm-hmm. Um, I do find them to be super helpful. They will help with bowel movements. Um, cause if you're not pooping daily, you're not getting rid of the excess estrogen. Um, and so you do need to be having daily bowel movements. Um, and then the next thing would be, um, you know, it helps with sleep. It helps with, with stimulating that bowel flow. And so you need to be sleeping as well. Um, there's lots of factors there, but I love castle oil packs for good liver support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last thing that I wrote down that, that, uh, we were going to touch on was hot flashes and going into menopause. Okay. So here's what I think a lot of people, when they hear this, they'll kind of have an aha moment. The adrenal glands, which we have talked about, which secretes a lot of different hormones, especially your cortisol, which we've been talking about. Your adrenals are adult size when you are born. It's the only organ that when you are born, your adrenals are ready full size. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a few things I want to mention about that. So in utero, your adrenals are the same exact tissue as your ovaries or testes. And at when you um, start developing, they separate one descends, one ascends, which is the adrenal glands, which goes on top of your kidneys. And so um, one thing that also will happen in utero before I go down, uh, keep talking about that, is that if mom's adrenal glands are not great, then she will feed off baby's adrenal glands. Mm-hmm. And when baby's born, 
they might be born into allergies and things like that because your adrenals also help with allergies. And if your mom was leeching off your adrenals, then when you're born, you're born with less than adrenals, so to speak, and you will start having adrenal type issues, which that young is usually allergies, blood sugar dysregulation, sleep issues, all that type of stuff. Also, mom will go back into postpartum depression because she felt good during pregnancy generally because she was feeding off brand new adrenals that were adult size. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as her body has to go back to using her own, she goes into postpartum depression because adrenal, one of the parts of it, the medulla is also where dopamine, 50% of dopamine comes from. Mm-hmm. And that is um, a neurotransmitter that regulates uh, depression a lot of times. And so um, that's a, um, a big thing to consider. But if you fast forward in life, those same moms that have adrenals that aren't working properly in menopause, menopause basically means your ovaries are going to stop producing estrogens and certain hormones, and it's going to rely on your adrenals. So the people who have the worst transition from or into menopause are the ones who adrenal glands always were stressed out. Yeah. Now, I so think the- you see that clinically. I mean, that is, that's big. Um, and, and so what are your ways to really support the adrenals. I, I love adrenal cocktails. We burn mm-hmm. through sodium and potassium and that is what adrenal cocktails are is, is, is salt, potassium and whole food vitamin C, which is great for the liver, mm-hmm. um, good copper source. And so I do, I love, um, adrenal cocktails, but what are some other things that can be helpful? So, um, it all depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, like you said, vitamin C, the, the reason here's another clinical pearl. I'm just throwing out clinical pearls today. I don't know just something about today <laughs> is, what, what is the main nutrient that creates stress hormone is vitamin C. So what happens when you're stressed out, you deplete your vitamin C and now you're prone to infection because vitamin C is antiviral and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your thymus gland, which works off vitamin C, which is a, a huge immune organ actually shrinks when your stress hormone is too high. So it actually literally shrinks and they can grow. It's like a beating heart. It's fascinating. Um, so vitamin C is phenomenal. Um, I like adaptogens like reishi mushroom and cordyceps. Shasandra berry, I already talked about. Um, I will go with rhodiola sometimes. Um, a lot of people will talk about ashwagandha. I have seen it help a bunch of people, but ashwagandha is a nightshade. So if you know that you don't do well with nightshade, then maybe don't try ashwagandha first, even though it is kind of the gold standard. I feel like when you talk about estrogen or estrogen, still thinking about estrogen over here. Um, when you talk about adrenals, um, ashwagandha is usually thrown in that sentence right away. Yeah. And so the adrenal cocktail you talked about, um, repleting your sodium and potassium and vitamin C is phenomenal. That's why so many people feel so much better on that because it really helps your adrenal glands. Um, but when it comes to, uh, menopause and for athletes and people like that, I will throw in glandulars that have adrenal tissue, adrenal cortex, especially menopause, like high dose adrenal glandulars, because chances are your whole life is all sitting in your adrenal glands and it needs help in that crucial transition moment into menopause. Yeah. And so you were saying that you like to use which product for adrenal glands? I like, I like Regenerzyme Adrenal from Vervita um, because it has some glandular, it has some magnesium and B6 and vitamin C, um, but it also has a low dose. I think it's two milligrams per pill of seven keto DHEA and DHEA is a hormone as well that goes along with testosterone and estrogen and cortisol that's depleted, especially as we age. Um, so I go with that one, um, quite often. Okay. Okay. And then, um, you know, I, I, so we've talked about 
bile and liver we've talked about um we haven't have we talked we touched a little bit about parasites and how mm-hmm. chronic infections can play a role with driving up um, um estrogen and uh, and mold too that's something we haven't mentioned mold is estrogenic um yeah. and so if that is the environment that you're living in that could be playing a role here uh, and making it much worse i have seen that time and time again um, and that will gum up the gallbladder as well and cause, yeah. and it would be a factor in the insulin resistance. And so it all is going to play a role if mold is a factor. And not everybody is sensitive to mold. It's about 25% of the population um, that has that HLA-DR genetic mutation, but it's not good for anybody to be exposed to mold. And so it would still have estrogenic properties. So we've talked about some chronic pathogens. We've talked about liver support. We've talked about managing your adrenals. I did want to mention minerals and you'd mentioned magnesium. Goodness gracious, you need minerals for nervous system control, for being able to manage that stress, um, for the founding, you know, the basic uh, blocks of, of hormones, you really do need your minerals too. And so you like to use CT minerals from Cellcore. Um, I, I will use biofolic um, multi-mineral, but I also will use magnesium or Redmond real salt or another, you know, or a crucial for Icelandic salt. I like some good salt to offer some good minerals. Um, things like that, that I think are really crucial for, you know, some of the, 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 the starting points. So if you were going to tell somebody, if if they're just a, they're just a wreck, they're PMS, they, they don't, they don't feel good. They're stressed out every day. Where would you tell them to start? Man, good question. Um, in general, I'd probably start artichoke extract, the Mm -hmm. 2.5% one, um, just to get the bile flowing properly. Yeah. Um, and then probably Shisandra Supreme just to get the phase one, phase two of detox of liver working. I really think if you're going to do anything, um, doing uh, the liver and gallbladder portion of it mm-hmm. would probably be the biggest bang for your buck. Uh, but what, like you said, if you don't identify the toxicity, um, then you could just be doing band-aids with stuff. And so yeah. um, one thing that we, we uh, failed to mention too, is whenever your hormones have like wonky patterns where you're like, yeah, I don't know how this is possible or my doctor can't figure it out. Chances are there's an infection in your body and it's yeah. just wonking up your hormones. Yeah. Infection plus toxicity of all the number of chemicals uh, from, you know, whether it's in the water, whether it's chemicals that you're putting on your skin. So like, it's never just one thing, right. it's never just right. the mold. It's, or, I mean, it's, it's just never just the parasite. It's all the other things too. And so yep. it's something to, to think about is like, you could start with cleaning up your products. You could start with, you know, you know, trying to, um, get, you know, just use basic ingredients for your cleaning products. We can list, I can list the links of, in the show notes of the different products that we use. Um, but I will say that, that you can start with cleaning your, your, you're cleaning out your cabinet in your home, making sure you're using clean products. You can start with making sure you're having daily bowel movements. Um, that will be cr- so crucial and so important. Um, and then, you know, of course, going on into the liver and gallbladder and adrenal support. Yeah, I think we, uh, we touched base on everything we want to talk about. Um, this is a good podcast. I, I yeah. really think that this one flowed really nicely. And I think people are going to get a lot of value out of this. And at least some starting points. I mean, because hormones, yeah. it's, it's hard to say for sure without testing, obviously. Um, you know, we can't, I can't tell you to go out and do a bunch of things. It, it is helpful to test. The tests don't guess. But I mean, I will say that there are some basic, down, you know, uh, foundation blocks that you will get with hormone balance and that you can do some things from home. Um, totally. And so there's definitely some things you can do. Don't, don't say I can't for, afford that. Like you can say, hey, I can start here. 
I, when mm. I'm out of this product, I can switch it over. You can do little things and it can make a huge difference in your health. And that outlook will help a lot too. Having that positive outlook and that hope of, I can do this. I can fix this. Even if my OBGYN isn't even going to acknowledge it, you can still work to fix your hormones. Absolutely. And the last thing I will say is we did not touch on bioidentical hormones technically. Yeah. Um, and I will tell people that use those as an absolute last resort, balance your body first. And then if nothing else is working, then dabble in that. That's as yeah. simple as I want to keep it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do. We gave you a lot of action steps Yeah. Um, and you can do this. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people go straight to the the, the progesterone, bioidentical progesterone. And I will say it was helpful for me, but is that something that I would use long-term as the only thing? No, because there's a reason why my body isn't making the progesterone then. And so yep. you need to figure that out of what's going on and what's causing that. If it helps to stabilize you in a short term, so that way you are, you know, sure. But like, I, I think that there has to be a place for um, actually getting, getting to the root cause of why your hormones are, um, all over the place. Um, and so there are more by oh, one thing I did want to mention pellets. I get constantly asked mm. about pellets uh, and they are bioidentical hormones, but I do want to say that like, you do have to be careful about who is doing them. Um, I'm not a huge fan of them. I mean, I think that they are helpful for some people. I've seen women like have awesome success and feel much better, but I do think you have to be careful about who's doing them. And not everybody is an expert. I would never take oral estrogen, um, at all, whether it is they say it's bioidentical or not, like I would not take it orally um, because it's bypassed, it's coming to the liver and you don't want that going to the liver. You want, if, if you're going to use it, a pellet form or a cream is definitely going to be safer. Um, I, I still think you have to get to the root cause or nothing. It's going to be, you're going to be chasing your tail. Yeah. Nothing. If you're not getting to the root cause of stuff, you still have toxicity that hasn't been addressed. Um, it's not going to be sustainable and you might feel great for six months and then you're just going to relapse back to how you feel. And then it's going to be this game of trying to change all these dosages of the creams or the yeah. whatever yep. you're using. Yep. And then it's just going to be, you know, a down, it's going to be an uphill battle, but it's going to go downhill quick. Yeah. Um, and so it's not, it's not something we're saying like, this is going to be hard and it's going to be long. Yeah, it is. It's, it's not, it's not going to be long, but it doesn't have to be hard. You can take it mm. one step at a time. Um, and you really can get to the root cause of whether, you know, what toxicity, if it's a chronic infection, which a lot of people do have a chronic infection at, at, at play, whether it's a little something or a bigger something, um, and you can slowly get after it. Absolutely. Well, this was fun. Um, I think we have to read something at the end of this podcast. Yes. This is not meant to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider, hopefully a root cause provider before changing anything. That's right. See you guys all on the next one. See ya.